Welcome to Clued Up with Maria B., the behind-the-scenes photography podcast. Clued Up is your insider's view to building successful magazine-style photo shoots. We talk design and concept, fashion and style, tech, social media, and of course, business, plus so much more, including how to avoid common photography pitfalls. You'll also meet some special guests who work behind the camera and in front of the lens. Whether you're an aspiring photographer, a portrait photographer thinking about starting your own business, or you just have an interest in what it takes to plan and execute professional shoots, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Maria B. Now let's get you clued up. Hi everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Clued Up, the behind the scenes photography podcast. This week's episode is entitled How to Control Light, Understanding Your Shutter and Shutter Speed. And this is part of the Know Your Camera series, which was started back with episode number nine, in which we talked about aperture. In last week's episode, we talked about light the different types of light sources that are available to us. And most importantly, we talked about how our fear of manipulating light can, at least for some, impede our growth as photographers and our photography journey. We often fear what we believe we cannot control. And in this week's episode, we begin to talk about how we can control light in photography. There are many ways to control the lighting for your photographs. We're going to cover those a bit at a time and then bring them all together. If you go back to episode nine, we talked about aperture. Aperture controls the amount of light that passes through your lens to help create the photograph that you want. If you recall, we talked about how whenever we change the standard stops F2, F4, F5.6, F8. Every time we move by one stop up, for example, F4 to F5.6, we're actually decreasing the amount of light coming through the lens in half. And when we move one stop in the opposite direction, for example, F5.6 to F4, we're actually doubling the amount of light coming in through the lens. If you're uncertain about this, please go back and listen to episode nine. It's not a requirement to understand this episode, but it will help. So while Aperture controls the amount of light to create a photograph, The shutter or your shutter speed controls the length of time light is exposed to the sensor in your camera in order to help create a photograph. The shutter in your camera controls the amount of light your sensor is exposed to. Now, for for most of this episode, I'm not going to talk about aperture. We're only going to talk about shutter speed. We're not going to talk about how aperture and shutter speed work in relation to each other. So again, the shutter of your camera controls the length of time light is exposed to the sensor within the camera in order to help create the photograph you want to create. Because your shutter speed is based on length of time, shutter speeds are measured in fractions of a second, fractions of one second. So when you see 1 200, 
or one over 200, one over 50, one over 125, one over 2000, one over 40. Those are measurements of time in fractions of a second. One two hundredth of a second, one fiftieth of a second, one one twenty fifth of a second, one two thousandth of a second, and so on. On your camera, the shutter does not appear as a fraction, however. To make things easier, your shutter speed appears as 200 or 50 or 125 or 2000 based on the fractions that I previously listed. It's important to remember that because you're dealing with a fraction, the larger the bottom number, the denominator, the shorter the length of time. So in the numbers I listed out above, I included one two thousandth or one two thousandth of a second, which is very, 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 very short amount of time. Now, when I talked about aperture back in episode nine, I said the term that we used is a stop. We go up and down a stop or a number of stops. When we talk about shutter speed, we also talk about changing the amount of time in terms of stops. Stop is the term used in photography to discuss changes in different settings. So if my shutter speed is at 1 1 25th of a second or 125 and my photo appears too bright or appears overexposed and I want to decrease the length of time my shutter is open by half, I would change my shutter speed from 125 to 250. That's a change of one stop. I have now cut the amount of time the shutter is open in half by a change of one stop. Let's say when I look at the camera's monitor, when I look at the LCD, the image is still too bright and I need to decrease the light again and I choose to do so by another stop. I will then change from 1 to 50th of a second to 1 500th of a second. So I've gone from 125 to 250 to 500. And if I want to go one stop further, well, what would be the next setting? So that would be 1,000, so 1 1,000th of a second. So if someone says to you, a photo taken at a shutter speed of 125 needs the shutter to decrease by three stops, you can now figure that one stop would be 250, two stops would be 500, and three stops would be 1,000. The shutter speed will go from 125 to 1000 to accommodate a three stop change in shutter speed. Now, just to take you in the other direction, if I started at 125 and I decided I need more light, I could double the length of time light hits my camera sensor by one stop by changing from 125 to 60. There's actually no 62.5, which is exactly half of 125. So we say 60. If I decided the photo is still too dark and I want to increase the length of time the light hits the sensor even more, I can double that time and I would then go from 60 to 30. Just as there are standard apertures, F2, f2.8, f4, f5.6, 
F8, F11, F16, etc. They are standard shutter speeds measured in fractions of a second. Remember these numbers represent a fraction. So 1, which is actually 1 over 1, or 1 second. 2, 1 over 2, or half a second. 4, 1 over 4, or a quarter of a second, and so on. But on your camera, the numbers appear as 1, 2, 4, 8, 15, 30, 60, 125, 250, 500, 1,000, 2,000, 4,000, and 8,000 if your camera goes up that far. If you are about to take a photo and you need to change your shutter speed, as you move the control that controls the shutter, you will not only see these numbers, but also numbers in between the standard stops. So you may see 160 and 200 between 125 and 250, or you may see 320 or 400 between 250 and 500, or you may see 640 between 500 and 1000, etc. If you are at a shutter speed of 160 and you need to decrease the length of time light hits your sensor by half because your photo appears overexposed, you can go, for example, from 160 to 320 and you will describe that as a one-stop change. No matter your setting, when you change your shutter by one stop, you're either doubling the length of time your sensor is exposed to light or, you, or you're cutting the length of time your sensor is exposed to light in half. Please know that there are shutter speeds slower or better stated longer than one second, but that's beyond this specific episode. Shutter speeds may be described from slow to fast. One second is very slow, and obviously one four thousandth or one eight thousandth is very fast. Remember how I said I was not going to talk about aperture? Well, forgive me, because for this example, I am going to go back to that shortly. And because you understand aperture after listening to episode nine, that shouldn't be a problem. For the sake of this example or the examples that follow, we're going to be using ambient light. And if you remember from episode 16, ambient light is simply light that's in the environment. Think of it as the light in a room or the light outdoors. It's simply the light that you walk into. Let's say you are in a well-lit room and you want to take a photo of an object as sunlight hits it since the sun is coming in through a window. You pick up your camera and on it you have a 50 millimeter lens. You've decided on the aperture you want for this photo. For the sake of this, we're going to ignore everything else and just deal with your shutter speed as the only thing that you're going to manipulate to produce the photo you want. Because the room is very well lit and there is direct sunlight hitting the object, you decide to put your shutter speed at 1 125 or 125 of a second. 
you take a shot, and when you look at the camera's screen, the photo is too dark. You decide you'd like more light, roughly twice as much light. Since you're only manipulating your shutter, you're going to adjust your shutter speed and take it down one stop to one sixtieth of a second. Now the photo looks the way you want it to look. To your eyes, you have a proper exposure and you're happy with your photo and these settings. But what happens if you keep going and you decide to experiment with longer and longer shutter speeds? For example, you go from 1 60th of a second to 1 30th of a second, or even longer, 1 15th of a second. As you go to a longer and longer shutter speed and you lengthen the amount of time your shutter lets light onto your sensor, your photo will become more and more overexposed. Here's another consideration. If you remember, we're talking about these photos and taking these photos with a 50 millimeter lens. There's a general rule in photography that your shutter speed should not be longer than the focal length of your lens. And not to get overly technical, but let me define for you what is a focal length. The focal length of a lens is the distance from the center of the lens to the camera's sensor. The focal length is also the number in the name of the lens. So in, the, in this example, we're using a 50 millimeter lens, meaning the focal length, the distance from the center of this particular lens to the sensor of the camera is 50 millimeters. So your shutter should not be more than 50 or 1 50th of a second. It shouldn't be 1 40th or 1 30th or 1 15th of a second. Doing so will result in camera shake and blurriness in your photo. Now you may not see this blurriness on the camera's LCD, but it's disappointing when you upload your photos only to find that they're not perfectly sharp. This is the first part of our discussion about shutter and shutter speed. And in the next part, we're going to talk about the effect of shutter speed on your images since we just touched on it. In our last example, we took a photo of an object with a 50 millimeter lens with a shutter speed of 1 60th of a second. Because we photographed something that wasn't moving, it was safe to use a shutter speed like 1 60th of a second to ensure we got a, a photo that was well lit, clear, and without blur because our shutter speed of 60 or 1 60th of a second is higher than the number associated with the focal length of our lens. I suggest that before continuing on, if that example isn't quite clear that you go back and take another listen before moving on just to make sure you have a solid understanding. In our next example, we're going to be in the same well-lit room. Your cat has wandered into the room and feels very much like sunning herself. And so she positions herself on the floor to get the maximum amount of sunlight. You wanna take a picture of your cat who decides that this is the perfect time to start grooming herself, starting with licking her paws. You wanna take a photo of the cat, and since you have your camera in your hand, you take a shot. 
it's the same light you used for the object with the same lens and you like the aperture you used before so you haven't changed it. Because the cat is relatively close to where the object is, you reason that this too should be a good photo. Well, you go ahead and you take the photo of the cat, but when you look at the photo, it's well lit, but it's also blurry. What happened? So here we're going to talk about the other important aspect of shutter speed, clarity of your subject. Remember in the last example, I explained that if you take your shutter speed to a number that's less than the focal length of your, your lens, you will get some camera shake and blurriness in your photo. Well, another major consideration for the best shutter speed for your subject is whether or not there's movement. In the example with the cat, there's blur because 1 60th of a second is too slow to capture a sharp image of the cat while she's actively licking her paw. When you're capturing movement, your shutter speed has to be fast enough to prevent blur. Here's an extreme example. Years ago, I went to a horse racing event and in order to capture sharp photos of the horses in motion, my shutter speed for the most part was at one four thousandth of a second. In everyday photography, shutter speeds that high or that fast aren't, requ aren't required. If you're photographing a model in ambient light, no flash or strobes, who is changing poses but stops and freezes their motion for you to hit the shutter button, you're probably safe at a shutter speed at 125 or 160 for sharp photos. If you're taking a headshot of someone, again, in ambient light, then you're probably good with a shutter setting of 125. But let's change gears. If you're outdoors and you want to take a photo of a waterfall, you would need a faster shutter speed for a sharp photo, maybe 1 250th of a second or 1 500th of a second or higher. But if you want that smooth, milky effect caused by introducing some amount of blur into the photo, using a slow or a very slow shutter speed will give you that effect. If you're photographing a car race and you want to convey speed, you can do that by taking a photo of racing cars at a slower shutter speed because it'll give the effect of speed or motion by causing a blur. Alternatively, if you use a fast shutter speed, you will freeze the car in motion. Here's a side note. While using fast shutter speeds can freeze motion, when it's used all the time at very fast settings, these settings can give the impression that the object, such as a car or a horse, aren't actually moving. It's a good idea to experiment and find the shutter setting that provides clarity of the subject, but also provides a small amount of blur in the surroundings. There are other variations on this that you've probably seen, such as a model standing on a busy street who appears perfectly clear, but all of the people moving past her are a blur. If you're going to use a slow shutter speed, it's best to do so using a tripod to minimize camera shake, which by the way, is not a commentary on you, the photographer. 
It's simply a natural thing because your camera is so sensitive that even your pulse can cause movement as the image hits the sensor and can contribute to increase and unwanted blur in your photos, especially when you're using a slow shutter speed. For this reason, no matter how steady your hands are, when you're going to use a slow shutter speed, it's best to use a tripod or a monopod. When appropriate, not required, but very useful, is a shutter release, which allows you to trigger your shutter without touching the camera. Releases can be wired or they can be wireless and are specific to camera make and model. I'm going to call the next section simply think. So now I'd like to talk about something that I may have mentioned in the past, but I think it's worth repeating. And that is before you pick up the camera to start shooting, think things out. Think about what is the purpose of your photo shoot? What is the purpose of the photo? What is the purpose of everything in the scene or on your set? Because everything should have a purpose. What aperture best helps the story, serves the scene, and flatters your subject? What shutter speed best helps the story, serves the scene, and flatters your subject? And how can you manipulate the light to best tell the story, serve the scene, and flatter your subject? By the way, you can't answer those last three questions if you shoot in auto. Before you pick up your camera and start shooting, reason in your mind what shutter speed you need to work at a baseline. Think about it first and move your shutter to that number. It doesn't have to be right, but it will be in the ballpark of where you need to be. What I mean is this, if you're photographing someone who will be still when you're shooting, you know your shutter speed could be at 125 or 160. If you're going to photograph someone who's juggling objects, well, you know you need to start at a shutter speed of probably around 500. If you're going to try to photograph birds in flight, your starting point has to be about one one thousandth of a second or faster. And for horse races, speed cars, etc., you should be looking to start at at least one two thousandth of a second. Think about what you're photographing first. Reason in your mind or even write it down. You'll save yourself time and effort when you pick up your camera because you'll have better clarity in your mind as to what you're trying to accomplish and the shutter setting you need to accomplish it. Once you have an established starting point, then you simply tweak as needed. I have a tendency to start shooting as soon as the camera is in my hand, and I try to remember to put the camera down and slow my brain and think about what I'm trying to accomplish and what I need to do with my camera to accomplish those goals. Okay, I know there's been a ton of information in this episode, and it may take another listen to get it. Also, if you go to the show notes, I've included links to a couple of articles about shutter speeds that you may find helpful in exploring and understanding shutter speed. 
And on this episode's webpage, you'll also find a few examples of photos at various shutter speeds. Please note that when you read the articles, pay attention to the parts that speak about shutter speed. Many articles bring aperture and ISO into the conversation and rightly so because taking a properly exposed photo requires their interaction. It requires the interaction of all three. But learning all three together is usually what leads to confusion, fear, misunderstanding, and in some cases, just giving up. Just read about the shutter speed for now. I also suggest that as with episode nine on the topic of aperture, you find a spot, sit down with your camera, adjust your settings till you have what appears to be a proper exposure, And from there, start photographing things or people in front of you by changing only the shutter speed. It's a great way to learn and to see how powerful this camera setting is to your photography. In our next episode, we're going to talk about shutter speed in relation to artificial light. And believe it or not, it won't be that complicated. Till next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clued Up with me, your host, Maria B. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. I really appreciate your support. When you rate, subscribe, and review, you're also helping other listeners find and enjoy this podcast. Until next time.